A couple years ago, Mickey Guyton had a conversation with her husband that made her realize something big. I asked him why country music wasn't working for me, and he said, because I'm running away from everything that makes me different. He called me out so hard. Like, it was gut punch. As one of the few Black women in country music, Guyton hasn't had an easy path. But after years of false starts and disappointments, she decided to do things her way on her debut album, Remember Her Name, which came out earlier this year. Staying true to herself meant telling her story. And the album included songs like Love My Hair, which she wrote after seeing a video of a black girl sent home from school because her hair was distracting. The album also includes Black Like Me, about the sometimes painful reality of someone in Guyton's shoes. Miley Cyrus knows how to do things her way, too. Whether shedding her Hannah Montana image by swinging half-naked on a wrecking ball or pivoting from pop to rock in recent years. I don't even feel that it's enough for me to be considered one of the best rock singers of this generation because there's not enough of them and I want more competition. That's how I really feel. This is Musicians on Musicians. I'm Christian Horde, music editor for Rolling Stone, and in this podcast, the artists ask the questions. In this episode, Miley Cyrus and Mickey Guyton. Hey listeners, I want to take a second to let you know about Allstate's new lower rates. Just a little tip to help you save a lot of money. Better protection for a whole lot less. Go online or call 1-800-ALLSTATE for a quote today. This June, Miley put on a concert in celebration of Pride Month. She did it in her hometown, Nashville, and rounded up a group of country singers to help spread her message of inclusion. Mickey Guyton was there, singing Blondie's Heart of Glass. Not long after that Pride Month show, Mickey and Miley reconnected over Zoom for Rolling Stone's Musicians on Musicians issue, joined by Marissa Moss. They touched on everything from country radio to the Reeboks worn by Miley's dad, Billy Ray Cyrus, in the 90s. But they kept coming back to breaking barriers and being themselves. The most frustrating part of getting interviewed is you rarely get to actually talk about your project. And kind of the controversy that you and I have that's very similar is right now taking this transitional time in my career to do what I feel I was meant to do, which is rock music. It wasn't something that was going to easily open its door to me because of my history, coming from a kid star, being on a TV show, wearing a wig and being like, you don't picture that being the person that plays with Metallica. But at the end of it, it was like the steadfast belief that this is what I'm meant to do. And I'm willing to, let that transitional period be uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable doing something that is unusual, but like that payoff, that reward, when you have your new record come out and like some people singing along to the songs that like you created, there's nothing that can compare to that thing. So I want to start by talking about your record. This record, you know, goal was to write music that was true to me and to write country music from a Black person's perspective. Mm-hmm. And my country music is so different Uh than somebody else's. There is this box that women in country music were supposed to fit in, but then add on a Black woman in that box, and the box is even smaller than the box. 
Mm-hmm. And I was given this little tiny box that was allotted to me to make some noise, but not too much noise. And it was, I don't even know how to explain it, but just watching artists like you, like Casey Musgraves, that unapologetically were like, F you guys, this is what I'm going to do. This is what's going to happen. And that's it. You're going to accept me or not. Or not's really important too. Yeah. And at that point, it was like, I had absolutely nothing to lose because I never had the acceptance of this talent in the first place. And so I just literally wiped my slate clean. I had a really honest conversation with my husband. and I asked him why country music wasn't working for me. And he said, because I'm running away from everything that makes me different. He called me out so hard. Like it was gut punch because I was like, wow, I was wearing my hair and trying to dress and trying to act like these women in country music. And it was so toxic for me. And that's what this record is. It's literally me just releasing all of the chains that I put up on myself. I allowed it. I could have very much so said absolutely not a thousand years ago. And I would have been in such a different place. And I guess I had to grow into that. Once I did that, then I was able to just release and write. And I didn't care where this music landed. It didn't matter. I like, they're like, well, do you want it to get on country radio? I'm like, I'm not going to bank on something that never supported me to begin with. So also, yeah, that's making you very vulnerable. You relying on radio or you relying on loyalty or people doing never bet on anyone doing the right thing. Be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Because radio, you'll go play their song. They're going to say, this is so interesting what you're doing. And it's amazing. And then they're not for push and play. I would always rather someone under promise me and over deliver, not the opposite. Right. And I have this quote. I talked to Billie Jean King. Uh-huh. And she told me, stop accepting the crumbs. And that's when I was like, there are barely any crumbs to even be accept. So I just stopped accepting the crumbs and going my own way. Yeah. When did you stop? Uh, yesterday. <laughs> no. Uh, I'm figuring it out like every day. I mean, this is something that I don't think really I couldn't tell you like that there was a moment where now I just I'm still insecure as fuck sometimes. Very much so. Me too. I'm very confident. Like I'm very, very like steadfast in my fate and my destiny that I am. But. I'm human too. And so when it comes, like I joke, like I stopped accepting the crumbs yesterday, but like there's still days 15 years later of doing this that I lay my head on the pillow at night and go, what? Like I accepted that. Okay. But I did stand up for myself the other day at a session that was going poorly and I felt like a billion dollars. Yes, I was working with someone that, you know, kind of was put on a pedestal before I was going in there. And this is the partner for you. You know, you, you need him kind of thing. And I was like, he better be rocking, but like, okay. And I played with Elton John that morning in Metallica on Howard Stern. And they told me that I represented the new generation and the next generation of rock and roll. So I went in there already with like, you know, that was one of those days where I wasn't feeling like I'd accept crumbs. Like I was feeling pretty good. Went into the session, was not good. Started telling me that I don't have the darkness that it takes to tell a story. 
And I said, when was the last time you were in the room with someone that you knew loved you, but really loved you? Everything about you, your fingernails, the way you smell, the tone of your voice. And they were like, well, what do you mean? What's that have to do with anything? I said, it's, it's why you're talking to me the way that you're talking to me. Because if you were loved and you knew it, then you would never say that to me. Because one, I'll always have, anyone that has love will always have loss. That means you're always going to have darkness because you're always going to have light. And there is no way around it. Also, speaking of, I think my dog, hold on. Oh my God. I just found a very guilty Chowini. <laughs> they got into the bag of dog treats. <laughs> but what I was going to say, so then I said, you know, you always have love. You always, always have loss. And like, so I'm always going to have inspiration. And yeah. then, you know, he was like, I don't care how the songs get written. I just care that they do. And, you know, in the process, however, I talk to you, if I offend you, because he was being pretty like, rude about the creative process. However, I offend you, you know, it doesn't matter as long as we get the best result. And I said, that's where you're wrong. How you talk to me will determine if I stay or go. And I'm going now because that's the difference between you and me. The process is everything. And the minute I stop having fun making this art now, again, there are days where you have to work your ass off and days aren't always fun. But the fun part is the songwriting. The songwriting is like, the biggest joy that I have on this planet. It's my everything. When you take that from me and you make it a place of like abuse, I don't, I don't stay there. So it was like, that shows my growth. That's better than any award, any plaque. That was my plaque that said like, you've done it, but that I couldn't believe because I'm like, you know, and I think my little sister and like, you know, younger artists, younger than me, kind of, it gives them a sense of peace knowing that still happens to me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Artists at different stages of their career than I'm at to go like, you still get bullied. Do you think if you were a man, that same conversation would have happened? No. Mm -mm. That's what I said. Like, I don't, I don't put myself and I don't stand to be in vulnerable positions as much as possible anymore. The most I'll put myself in a vulnerable position is allowing myself to like fall in love because that comes with pain and it's worth it. It But the other shit is not. Yes. Yes. Preach. We'll hear more from Miley Cyrus and Mickey Guyton after a quick break. Stay with us. Hey listeners, I just wanted to take a second to let you know about Allstate's new lower rates. Just a little tip to help you save a lot of money. Better protection for a whole lot less. Go online or call 1-800-ALLSTATE for a quote today. Welcome back. This is Rolling Stone's Musicians on Musicians. We've been listening to Miley Cyrus speaking with Mickey Guyton. Over the years, Miley's been no stranger to controversy. But as she told Mickey, it wasn't until recently that she really realized her impact. When there's a line and I cross it, I don't even like really focusing on that because now we're focusing more on the line and the line is drawn by other people. Yes. A lot of the time I feel that I wasn't put in positions because of my gifts, but because of my rating power, which does not make me feel good. Because it's about getting people to turn on the TVs to see 
not what she going to sing, but like, what's she going to do? And at some point I was like, well, if you're all going to tune in to see what I'm going to do, I'm going to sing now. But it's like, why is my sexuality considered distracting from my music? Why can't I be sexy and sing? I want to be able to do it all. Joan Jett is one of my idols, but like, I don't want to cover up and be one of the dudes and wear all black leather. I'm doing a show this weekend where I'm going to play Janis Joplin in a bikini. Yeah. My dad got shit on so hard in the 90s for wearing Reeboks because if you're a country singer, you're supposed to wear cowboy boots. Well, that's changed. Now every dude has got some Air Force Ones and a gold chain. And cowboy boots are actually pretty uncomfortable. Yeah, come on. (laughs) My dad was like, I'm a baseball player. I'm an athlete. Like, I don't even own cowboy boots. That's where I got it. I have like definitely a lot of balls. Like I stand up for myself, but there's times where recently I would say after Lollapalooza, which was like, I don't know how many weeks ago, Lollapalooza, I had an epiphany and I've changed my ways since. And really, I think not being in front of 200,000 people for a year and a half and then seeing it again, I realized my impact and my power. It's like the, you don't know what you got till it's gone kind of thing. And I forgot who I was. Your power, girl. I mean, (laughs) just watching what you've done in your career. I remember when I started seeing this different Miley even come into her power. It was (laughs) all this tall, model-looking girl walk across the stage with Juicy J and just Ah. working. I was like, what the hell? How is this girl able to make her booty do that? Oh my God, you and everybody else. And then, you know, (laughs) your performances are fucking insane, Miley. Thank you so much. Not only that, your voice, the runs that people don't even realize that you can do, the way that you can completely change your voice to anything that you decide that you want to do. Like what's next? Are you going to be a jazz singer? Is that honestly kind (laughs) of a little bit. And you know, everything that's going on in your shows, in your career, like, and that is a boss bitch. Donna. You clearly know every single detail. Crazy detail. (laughs) And my question is, when do you rest? (laughs) Oh my God. That's what I want to know. How do you like center your, your body when you need to rest? Cause you are literally working around the clock. Like, I don't know if it's fully considered rest because it ignites me so hard, but I read a lot. Mm. That's my me time. You know, like tonight, a couple of my friends, my Queens want to come over and watch the housewives. And I was like, I gotta read. That's what I really wanted to do. was like lay tonight with the book and read. So that's what I do most of the time. I really wanted to focus on giving you your flowers today. I think that that's something that not everybody does. Like they say, don't meet your heroes because they'll disappoint you. And like meeting you and seeing your interviews, how you say you don't like fake. Like it is true. Like Uh the way that you, you are to people. I have another one of my favorite quotes by Maya Angelou. And she says that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. That is everything. And you, Miley, are the epitome of all of that. And sorry, my baby is going crazy. (laughs) My doggies are going crazy. 
And the way that you make people feel is you give people hope. Thank you so much. And I feel that, you know, I know like you have, I feel like your government name, my government name is Candace Michael Guyton. It's not great, <laughs> but yours, Destiny Hope, I feel like that was a, a precursor to who you are. Like your destiny was to give people out, Miley. Just what you've done over time and in your career and the fact that you're still getting people bully you in the studio, which I will never, I I don't think I'll ever get over that. I just think that you are an incredibly important artist. Thank you so much. We kind of talked about this, but I think they're really important. And you can answer in any way you want. Where have you been? Where are you now? And where do you think you're going? Where I've been, I was an incredibly insecure, self-hating, people-pleasing person. Where I am now is I am a strong, inclusive advocate, door opener, and where I want to be I want to continue opening the doors and I want to bring so many black women into country music that country music doesn't know what to do with it. That's where I want to be. Like my artistry is so important, but I think it's so past that at this point. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the difference of like having a voice and using it. Yeah. Having a voice is one thing. And there's a lot of great singers. That's really when, when it actually gives me chills, my whole body like lit up because like, Finding a great singer, a technically great singer, really isn't that deep. Well, what makes an artist is someone that can't be put in the background because right. they just stand out like you, they just do. And that doesn't come from your talents or your physicality, but it's like deeper. It's like a magnetic force that there is to me such thing as there's like a, there's like star power to people. And what that means is it's a burning light. It's yeah. like the burning to me comes from the, I won't settle feeling like I, my gratitude meter is like off the fucking charts. Like I cannot believe this is my life. Like I am so fortunate. What's not enough is like, I don't even feel that it's enough for me to be considered one of the best rock singers of this generation because there's not enough of them and I want more competition. That's how I really feel. And (laughs) there is a ton of girls that I know that can go toe to toe with me singing Metallica. They just haven't had that door open for them yet. And like, you don't want to be the best because you're the only. Right. Absolutely. And especially for me in country music, you know, like there was Charlie Pride and then there was a nobody until mm-hmm. Darius Rucker. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of black dudes here and there. Then there was Linda Martell. There was a girl named Reese Palmer. And then there was me. And I realized that in order to break any of these doors down, you literally, it can't, it's not enough for it to just be you. Mm-hmm. That will never work. You can find all of these ways of saying like, one is the loneliest number. Like, you know, stronger together. 
there's a reason why in protest it's important that in unity we chant and cheer yep. because yep. it amplifies when there's okay. more voices. It's like it it's it's like there is force, there is weight, there is movement. So that's on the way of us going like, yes, I want peers, I want community because I need support. You're opening a door and you want to let people in. Yeah. Whenever you need me, I'm there. I know the same thing goes for you. I appreciate you. I will need you. There's this underground team of people as we are trying to burn this good old boy system down to the ground. You'll find a version of this conversation and many others in the November issue of Rolling Stone on newsstands right now. Musicians on Musicians is produced by Jasmine Morris and me. Executive producers are Gus Wenner, Jason Fine, Simon Vazek-Levinson, Brian Shaka, and myself. Interview and scripting help by Marissa Moss. Our senior producer is Jasmine Morris. Mixing by Jarrett Floyd. Bridget Shelsey is our production manager. Fact-checking by Jonathan Bernstein. Dan Halperin is executive producer for Rolling Stone Video, and Kimberly Lea is co-executive producer. For Rolling Stone, I'm Christian Hort. On our next episode, Olivia Rodrigo and Alanis Morissette. 